We are live. We're live. Mm. Oh, oh <laughs> shit. Oh. Uh, that was... Was that a little rough? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah, well, it's only 55% alcohol. Yeah, absinthe usually isn't that uh, that high of ABV. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a liqueur. Well, good shit is. I mean, compared to beer. But it's more of a liqueur mm. than a... I mean, it's never like 80 proof, is it? Uh, yes. Oh, really? The best, it, well, dude, that's 110 proof. Oh, 55. wait, you said 55%. Oh, shit. Okay, never mind. What am I smoking? Yeah. Okay. That's all right. I, we all do that. <laughs> we all do that. I could tell you what I'm smoking. <laughs> oh, yeah. You could probably guess. Do tell. No, I, you know. I know. Actually, that comes up in the show today. Oh, fun. All right, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Ooh. Welcome to None Taken, the internet's only debate and current events show with me, your host, Dustin. And over there is Alan. At the time of this recording, it's Tuesday, August 4th, 2020. Happy birthday to my brother, Brennan. I'll call you an asshole here at the top of the show in hopes of finding out that you do, in fact, listen. (laughs) I'm in San Diego where it is so hot. Milk was a bad choice. And Alan... Alan's there in milky, smooth, fog-lined San Francisco Bay Area. We are here recapping another week of current events and sharing too much of our tragic personal life. Thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you're listening. Please subscribe right now wherever you're listening to this if you haven't done so already. And if you leave a positive review anywhere, send us a message about it over at nuntakenpod.com where I will probably ask you for your Venmo and probably send you $5. (laughs) Alan, how are you, my good friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. It was actually kind of warm here in the Bay Area today, a balmy 75 degrees, so I feel your pain. I've been good. I've been good. I've been working a lot again, but I did manage to uh, get off Sunday, and I headed down to Livermore, the great city of Livermore, California, uh, which was a lot of fun. It was actually hot down there. It was like 95 degrees, which is quite a shock when you're used to the weather I am. Um, but I hung out at a First Street Ale Works down there. I had a few beers, and uh, it was really nice. When I first got down there, I thought, like, man, is there some kind of event or something? Because the street, like, the main street in downtown was all closed off. But it turns out they're just doing that to give all the, like, little restaurants down there a bunch more space to have tables, like, out on the sidewalk in the street, which was really cool, actually, I thought. Um, yeah, you're seeing that everywhere. Yeah, so that was cool. Hung out down there for a while. Um, not- do, you, do you actually, do you know... Did you see anything about why that was the case? Like, they re- they loosened up statewide um, sidewalk restrictions or parking or uh, yeah parking restrictions where they were allowed to do outdoor dining. Um, basically, all the approve all the permits that would get backed up and never approved just immediately got the green light as long as you were able to pay. I think. Yeah, one of the interesting things about the pandemic is a lot of that stuff has just been like, oh well. You know what? Yeah, it's fine. You can sell margaritas to go now, even before, like, <laughs> when that was not a thing before. Like, right. suddenly all of a sudden, yeah, we can just flip that switch. Uh, so, yeah, I sure. think it's a good but thing. Sure. Like but, like, two months ago, when all the businesses were like, what are we fucking going to do if you close us down again? I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. You've had five months. Just can't you figure out how to put your business outside? And then, oh my God, they did. Right, right. No, I think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a nice evolution. Yeah. Uh, other than that, not too much. I tried to go get a haircut. Um, and, the uh, hair salons are shut down again. The place I went to had a, a handwritten sign in the window 
it was on like a piece of cardboard that wasn't even square. It was like somebody could have a triangle of cardboard to put this sign up. And they had handwritten on there, closed again due to COVID in like pink highlighter. And it just, you could almost hear the despair in the sign. Uh, just reading it, it just made me sad. And I, now I can't get a haircut. So, you know, there's that. Yeah, that sucks, man. It does. Uh, yeah. How about you? What was your personal life uh, like? Pretty fun weekend. Yeah. But, you know, I also need a haircut. I can see it. Um, yeah. yeah. I was on call. I was on call last week. Dude, last week I was working like crazy. Yeah. Um, we uh, we hired some new technicians um and like in a sense they're up to speed but in other ways they're uh like not familiar with like our our company's systems so there's been training involved and stuff like that and you know in the back of your mind you're like none of these people stick around so why do i even care <laughs> uh mm-hmm. you know just in in the trade just there's so much turnover it's right. not that our company's bad or anything um the uh but yeah, being on call last week, I was, I mean, it was fucking hot in San Diego, man. Like I was driving all over the place. I was in like North part of the County, all the way down to Mexico. Like on Friday afternoon, I was literally on the border working. Oh, wow. Yeah. But I had a good weekend. Uh, I went to the beach both days. Um, Saturday, Saturday actually I had a service call at a customer's house. It was a sweet house. I was like, I parked on the street. It's up in like Encinitas, if you know that area. And I parked on the street and, you know, it's usually, you know, beach houses. They're nice. Sure. Um, but they're usually like craftsmen's really simple houses, but close to the beach. Uh, this one had a, like an extra lot before you even got to where the house was. And the entire first lot was all just tropical trees. It was just an awesome garden and this walkway up. And I was just like, this is fucking great. Cool. Like, I'm happy I'm here. I get in the house and it's like the inside's nice. Uh, the backyard's a big like tiki garden oasis nice and before i left i was like dude i really like your house he's like oh yeah my dad set this up basically long story short the dad never had enough money to ever go to hawaii uh, so he brought hawaii to him and he built all that shit around him he wanted to live in hawaii but he stayed in san diego and did that and then when he got older he didn't have any retirement money so he his son bought the house from him and guess where he moved to to hawaii yeah (laughs) that's actually a pretty cool story i know right (laughs) that's really cool yeah, it was really cool. Um, yeah, after that, uh, I uh, went down. We went down to that same beach cove that we'd gone to a couple weeks back. Oh yeah, um, no, I, yeah, I had my clothes one. on. Yeah, I had my clothes on. Okay. I didn't masturbate in public this week. Good call. Um, I don't think I uh, <laughs> not at the beach. Um, uh, and then like one of those, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night. We went and got sushi again. Um, everything was outside. It was cool. And nice. uh, oh, but before we went in. We were smoking a joint across the street and I was, I don't know what was, I just, sometimes you just forget because it's so normal and I'm just like standing there smoking it like on the curb and a cop rolls by and, and he, oh yeah, good cop alert by the way. And like, I don't even see him. I hear him. He goes, what's that smell? (laughs) And then I look and I go, thank you. And I like, I was done with it anyways. So like I, I, I uh, smashed it out. And I gave him a huge thumbs up as I walked across the street to go in and eat sushi. <laughs> and then I smashed my face with sushi. I ate like four rolls. It was fucking awesome. Oh, wow. Nice. Dude, you got to go get sushi. I don't know if you got places open up there, but I oh, it's so good. I was so happy to have it. Yeah, I haven't had sushi in probably three or four weeks now. There are places just takeout only. There's no places that yeah. are open at least. Yeah. Here. You know what? Honestly, um, all of the hot spots in San Diego are at restaurants uh, bars serving, excuse me, restaurants serving alcohol or just restaurants. So 
I'm not too excited. I don't. I, I talked to Natasha about it. I was like, we really should take a couple weeks off again and see how things are going because um, it's just not worth it going out to sit somewhere. You know, it just yeah. Doesn't. I mean, I felt really safe, you know, when it's outdoors. I, th- I, think I know, airflow... but literally the hotspots are restaurants. Like, yeah. there's like 39 hotspots in San Diego. Oh, and really? Almost okay. all restaurants. So it's like, it's just not worth sushi for that. Like, I can have sushi. I can get home really quick from the sushi diner. Like, right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, Sunday Sunday we got up early. I had another call to get to, so we got up early and went to the swap meet so we can get all the deals. Did you swap um, meet? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I didn't think about meat when you said it at first. Okay. You know, like a hot dog dick joke? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, we didn't. Hot dogs, whatever you got. Yeah. I heard you. Um, so the, so the, the only highlights from there are uh, we uh, saw a guy. We saw a guy. Can you hear that? Is that a cat? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 17. That cat won't die. Nice, good for yeah. it. Yeah, it's a good thing. Before we got interrupted. Oh, Saga. only thing at the yeah, only only thing at the swap meet was really of note was um, there was a guy selling masks. His whole point was the face shield masks aren't good enough. You need to be wearing a cotton mask underneath it to effectively contain the virus and protect yourself from other people. Excellent points. He was making that conversation, or he was making those points about two and a half feet from someone's face while he was not wearing a mask. Wow. I, I don't understand the, this world. I don't, I don't understand this world. Yeah, makes no sense. I also found another Rolling Stones album. Actually, nice. it was pretty funny. I was at like the actual records tent at the swap meet, and I heard this guy asking if they had Beggar's Banquet, and I was like, oh yeah, that has Sympathy for the Devil on it. And the guy at the like the records booth was like, yeah, man, if you ever see that, you just need to get it. And then I went down to like some T-shirt place that had a box of records, and I flipped through it. And I'm like, oh, shit, Beggar's Banquet. Nice. And yeah, Slower. and I opened it up. It was pretty good. It had a, a scratch on the side on the, on the side two that like I'd rather it not have that scratch, sure. but I don't really care. Yeah. Um, Sympathy for the Devil sounds great. Street Fighting Man kicks ass on it. It's great. Happy. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend despite, you know, us being closer and closer to death and uh, <laughs> clearly heading into an election season that is rife with peril. Uh, and the fact that I don't want to have kids, not because I don't want kids, but because I don't want to bring them into this world. Alan, how are you? <sighs> um, that's uh, that's I heavy, some man. Actually, I have, some question, I have a question real quick about swap meets, though, because I haven't been to swap meet been for... It's not about meat. I know you think that. No, it's no, not no, where you no. get tri-tip or any of that. I, I haven't been to one in I don't even know how long. I remember going to swap meets as a kid, and they were like a little adventure. And yeah. they always, there was like sideshows. Like I remember I saw mm. I saw a capybara at a swap meet once. For real, dude. Really? Yeah. There was this scaffolding. You had to like climb up the, this, was, I don't remember, it was a ladder or stairs. I just remember it being up was high. Was this a WWE match? You had to like no. climb on the... <laughs> no, but you like looked was down there, into you this, off the top. <laughs> you like looked down. There was like a... I don't know what you call it, but like a almost like a balcony, and you look down into this like almost pit, and they had capybaras down there. Is there still shit like that at, at uh, swap meets, or is that a thing of the I, past? Yeah, that's a thing of the past. I, I bought a so. duck at a swap meet when I was in high school. You bought a duck? Yeah, I bought a well, it was a duckling. Um, I named him Ping, and I took him to school with me in one of those igloo coolers where you'd like slide the top over yeah, from yeah, one yeah. side to the other. So I'd just close him up when I'd go into class, and then I'd um, when I'd leave class, I'd take him out, and he'd follow me from class to class. This is the cutest thing ever. Get ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. If I walk too far ahead of him, there's like four thousand people at our high school. If I walk too far ahead of him, he just go. <laughs> 
I was his mama. And you were just allowed to have a duck in high school. Dude, it's the suburbs and I'm white. Like it was, yeah, they don't care. And your parents were cool with it. I I feel like I keep telling my mom about having this duck. She doesn't remember it. No, not at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I took him to like a pond when he got like six weeks old or something. <laughs> wow. It, it was fun. There was bread there. there was you know. bread. It was fine. Yeah. 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 Other ducks. Plenty of room for activities. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can run back and forth and dig. What were you talking Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He had the forehead like a drive-in movie theater. You wouldn't believe it. He's a good duck, though. Yeah. Yeah. Good duck. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm sidetracked. Where were we? Uh, you said you asked me if there were sideshows that swap meets. No, not really. Um, but it is an adventure. And now that I'm an adult and I look for things like vintage stuff, oh, yeah. that's kind of fun to find. Cool. You know, there was a cool Danish uh, end table that was only three hundred twenty-five dollars. Only the low, low yeah. price of three hundred twenty-five dollars. Yeah. yeah, very sleek design, though, Alan. I mm, feel I'm like sure. you're talking shit. I'm sure. <laughs> All right, well, shall we get into sports? Yeah, let's get into sports because we All got right. a packed episode Dude, today. There's so much. Sports is going to be fast, not a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so baseball, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals had seven players test positive for COVID, six staff members test positive, so a total of 13 in the mm-hmm. organization. Uh, their series, their four game series with, I can't remember who, just got canceled. Um, so that's now. Any mythical creatures they were fighting? Probably. I'm sure it was. Or large fish? Probably. Um, so of course that means they're going to have to make up those games. Well, in theory, they're going to try. This has happened on multiple teams now. Um, in response to all these likely double headers that baseball is going to have to have, the MLB has shortened double headers to seven innings, which I think is a great idea actually. Um, so each one will be seven innings long. Um, so that's cool. Um, anything on that? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's fun to hear what they've done to try to mitigate it, but it's just like, as soon as that shit popped off on the Marlins, I was like, well, this is over. This is done. I mean, if it keeps happening team after team, I don't see how they pull it off. Because, yeah, there's knock-on effects to all of it. Right. You know, I mean, I hope at the end of the day that they don't lose too many fans because of it. I, I don't... I don't know that they will, but I'm not an expert, you know. Um, they are the most struggling of all the major sports in the U.S., and um, from what I've heard, I haven't watched a hockey game yet, but from what I've heard, hockey lends itself great to not having fans in the stands because it has just nonstop action. The pacing of the game, you don't have time to realize that there's no crowd noise, you know. Yeah, I actually watched some hockey over the weekend. Um, it, it was it was fun to watch. They actually pipe in a little bit of crowd noise, so that it's not just them in an empty arena, silent. They did some weird stuff. They have like big screens all around the, the sides of the arena, which seemed kind of distracting. I would think if you're a player to seeing that, but I don't yeah. know. Maybe it works. Um, my team, the Sharks, are not in the playoffs this year, um, so it's kind of hard for me to really get into it. But with yeah. my team not even, you know, having a shot, but it was fun to watch some live hockey. What, um, do you know what teams are in it? Yeah, I do. It's a twenty-four team um, competition. They're playing, two-thirds of the league. Yeah, they're playing best of five in the first round, um, and then it's best of seven after that. So twelve teams from the east, twelve teams from the west. We got Kings in there. Penguins, Canadians, Hurricanes, Rangers, Islanders, Panthers, Maple Leafs, Blue Jackets, Blues, Avs, Golden Knights, Dallas Stars. I don't think. Wow. I don't see the Kings. The Avs are in there and the Kings aren't. 
Dude, I'm, I don't know about what the Kings' uh, record was like because it's based oh, on the it, record. It hasn't been good. Yeah. yeah. It's based yeah. on the record that they had when it shut down. So right. the, the Sharks, the reason they're not in is because we sucked. Um, yeah. So I'm sure that that may be the case for the Kings as well. So yeah. unfortunate yeah. If, if you're a fan of that team. Yeah. Yeah. Neither of the teams that I'm a fan of have been very good for a few years. But they were really good before those years. So I guess I can remember being happy. Yeah, I mean the Kings. Uh, I guess maybe for a couple years because I remember. It's, yeah, it's been a while. You yeah. just remember back nearly back to backs, but right. it, it's been, since 2015. It's been disappointing. Right, so. right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much yeah. all I got in sports. Okay. So I guess we should talk about the explosive news of the day. Um, that sh- should make the. <laughs> I should definitely make the news. Wow. So yeah. the explosion in Beirut, in Beirut. Last I looked, I'm sure it's it's a situation in flux, but um, 78 people were confirmed dead, um, and something a thousand or more injured. Um, as of what I saw, the cause was still unknown. Although there's some okay. reporting that the government stored highly explosive materials at the blast site, is, is, or have you yeah. seen more than that? No, that's a different story than what I heard. All the reports I heard were um, from state media saying that it was a fireworks warehouse. Really? Yeah. Well, you sent really. me the video of the explosion. You're, dude. That oh was the first God. time I saw it, and holy shit, dude. <laughs> that was The shockwave coming off of it was incredible. I've seen it from like three different angles, and each time you're just like, oh, the suffering. Oh, my God. Dude, the, there, oh are people, God. there are people on boats out yeah. in, the, in the water said it almost knocked them off the boat, the shockwave. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was- You'd see that shockwave. You're like, yeah, that would be- Like the big, tall building next to it, you just assume it just got flattened, right? Yeah, like, it was intense, man. I, I don't know. I haven't seen what it looks like after the explosion. I've only seen the videos of the blast and then nothing else. Same. I haven't seen it yeah. either. Yeah. So That's I don't know. terrifying. I mean, on, honestly, I know it's cliche, but my heart goes out to anybody impacted by that. That was so, like, it was one of those things where you're just like, instantly you're just like, oh my God, the suffering. Oh God. Like, this is like, this isn't like a cafe got bombed you know this isn't right. a car bombing like no, this this, is... this was force of the reactions close to atomic bomb like half the city's gone enormous it's, yeah Ugh. well i don't i hadn't i hadn't heard that it was a fireworks factory so that's well, good true. i didn't believe that story for a second i was like okay well i'll just check my clock for when hezbollah says they did it an hour from now but i haven't God, heard that. I, I i haven't heard that at all i haven't heard any yeah. allegations that it's a terrorist act okay certainly... wait but you have I mean, so so when it first got reported, the only so I I was just scrolling through Twitter, just reading mm-hmm. reading the reports. Right. It was like 13 minutes after the first report came through, um, and it was just descriptions of what happened, descriptions of what happened. Right. And then the first thing to break that pattern was, I think it might have been Al Jazeera, someone no, it was BBC, BBC saying that um, like the headline was literally massive explosion in Beirut while expecting a um, political uh, court case decision this week. And it's like, hmm. those are probably related because it's Beirut. Like, you know. Yeah, it's certainly been somewhat unstable. Um, yeah, there's there's some case with, I think, Hezbollah. I was going to say, it's Hezbollah people. related yeah. probably, yeah. 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 yeah, I haven't heard anything that says it's a, a terrorist-related attack or anything like that. But, I mean, that's TBD. Beirut. still developing story, so we'll, we'll stay on it and see where, yeah. where it goes. Yeah, tune in next week. Indeed. Uh, so let's talk about some stuff that's more domestic. Um, 
you had a topic about elections and you want to, oh. you want to dive into that one going into elections. So I guess just in general, when I think about how we're planning and preparing for the election, given the extreme circumstances we're going through right now, it sure. reminds me of how we planned and prepared for the virus coming in the several months that we had before the virus landed on our shores. You know, many ways we treated it like, la la la, la 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 la, that's what happens to Chinese people, good thing we're here in America, that'll never get me, la 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 la. Um, and then it very much did get me. Sorry, that was sure. a Borat reference. You got all of that, right? La, 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 you'll never get this. La, 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 one day he does get this. Yes, that's what yes, the virus yes, did. Yes. And the, high five. Um, oh, God, I need to clear all that up. <laughs> Do you fun. like the cheese? My wife, she makes it from the milk. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. I might want to watch Borat again, but I feel like 20 minutes in, I'll be like, yeah, I, okay, I've seen it again. Right, right. Um. No, so in the way that we acted like the virus will get us someday, but it probably won't. We'll be fine. You know, it'll be summer and it won't matter. Um, whatever. Like we ignored our opportunity to really plan for it. And in the same way, I feel like we're saying, you know, Trump's not going to do anything bizarre with the election. Um, but in reality, like why should we expect him to start obeying the law now? Like he doesn't currently have a lot of, tendencies towards obeying the law i won't say he noticed yeah. always breaking the law yeah. but he does why should we expect this to be the time also like he does really well in situations where you go that'll never happen like the election it was him and 15 people and then they all just sniped at each other because they're like i want the one i want to be the guy that has a chance to go against trump in 2016 mm -hmm. you know because it's like that won't happen why would republicans vote for you know, a guy who failed at owning a casino and talks publicly about fucking his daughter. Of course, that's a easy one. Why would he ever win? So whenever people don't think he's going to do anything, that's usually when he does well. So, right. you know, okay, I don't think he's going to cancel the election. I honestly don't. So that scares me because that's usually when he comes through with it, you know? Like he's not going to talk about fucking his daughter. Ah, oh, damn it, he did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's it's exactly three months to the day before the election. Right. Well, so, yeah, there's a couple things that in the back of my mind sort of terrify me is, I don't know if terrify is the right word, that are concerning to me um, with the election being uh, this close. Um, so, the whole mail-in ballot situation, which uh, Trump has been railing against for the last few weeks, um, he... Um, Although today, I think it was today, he tweeted that um, mail-in ballots in Florida are fine. Like, Florida has it figured out, but just don't, don't do it anywhere else. Oh, you mean because, because that's where Republican old people are? Right, exactly. That's where mail-in ballots would actually probably help him. Um, I mean, the strange thing about mail-in ballots is that there's no evidence to show that they favor one side or the other at all. I mean, I guess you could say that when more people vote, that you end up getting more people that are minorities voting, more people that are... Um, uh, lower income, which uh, might tend to vote more Democrat. Um, but that's, I mean... Well, I think it's pretty funny with him saying, like, don't vote by mail, right? Like, he's he's right. he's saying no, things... Well, no, you're saying, like, he's saying it's okay in Florida, right? right. But that's only what he's saying now. He's actually... Right. He's saying that to counter what I think I'm about to say. Um, and I think the end result is he's just creating confusion amongst a group of people that don't 
deal well with being confused. Um, so the president says, don't vote by mail. Uh, but many of his voters do actually rely on voting by mail. I don't know why, because they're infirmed. It's funny, though, because he usually leverages, like, not necessarily the dumb, but like people that will parrot him, you know, like, like he likes to continue his human centipede that starts with Fox, then it goes into him, and then it comes out of him onto Twitter, and then it goes from Twitter into a red hat, right? <laughs> right. That's the flow of the centipede. Um, but this time he's getting them to copy him and saying, don't vote by mail, don't vote by mail. And that, that mimetic thing that's going around that people are repeating is actually going to hurt him this time, I think. Or potentially, like, it, there's, you know. So I actually have a different take on it in that I don't think he's doing it for that reason. I think he can maybe sort of, I don't know, this is hard to say, but maybe he can see that it seems very unlikely that at this point, or it, it doesn't look good for him, let's say that, in 2020, and he can see that. Um, so what is he going to do after the election? He's going to try to delegitimize it, right? So saying that mail-in ballots are a problem, there's all this fraud associated with it, which, by the way, there's no evidence that there is, um, is just a way to put that out there so that when the election happens, he can say, well, it, it wasn't a, a fair election. Um, there was all this fraud and all these you know, millions of people who um, uh, uh, should not have been able to vote voted or all these I, I fake see, ballots were I cast. see that differently. I see that totally differently. See, in your version, it gets yeah. to the election. In my ah, version, okay. in my version... Who who follows Trump's orders? Not, not like literally. Who in government follows Trump's orders right now? We talked about him last week. Mitch McConnell. No, 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 no. no. DHS. <laughs> DHS. Right. Oh, right? I see what you're saying. So, yeah. what happens if on November second, <clears throat> Trump says, or what? What day is the Tuesday? Today is the fourth, but it's three two three months of Tuesdays from now. Whatever. Yeah. What happens on on November first? Trump says orders all DHS he orders the DHS to seize all ballot boxes seize the ballot boxes nobody nobody's put a ballot in yet he wants them seized and the courts can that you know the states the cities the courts can all run it all up the flagpole and they can run it through the court system but at the end of the day who has the ballot boxes they're in possession of Donald Trump's private army so the election won't happen like it like that's a way of causing it to stop and you don't have to question if they're going to worry about the constitution because they don't the department of homeland security doesn't care about the constitution when they get orders from the president other branches of the military we might still think will not follow those types of directions hopefully if the armed forces like military like uh, army navy marines ever get told to point their guns at civilians they'll have the good sense to realize that they come from the civilian population um, but DHS doesn't seem to pay attention to that. So I think on, you know, two days before the election, if he says seize the ballot boxes, they're seized. I, I don't have any doubt about that, honestly. Yeah, I could see that. Oh. You know, he, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's a long okay. rant, so I will hold okay. on to that All right. one. All right. Um, he did an interview with Axios, um, which we probably will get into a little bit later uh, in more detail. But one of the things that he was asked is if he would abide by the results of the election, which he's been asked before. And he said no. Um, but they asked what that would look like, and or the reporter asked, rather. Did he say no, or he said he'd have to see? He said, yeah, he kind I of did. I think he said, well, I'll have to wait and see, but still, yeah. Basically, and so the reporter said, so basically you would litigate, and, and Trump sort of said, yeah, sort of nodded his head. Oh, wait, to that I'm sorry. You're talking about Axios, not um, not not Christopher Wallace or Mike Wallace. No, no, this is Axios. Week. Okay. Yeah, this is like today, I think. Yeah, okay, Trump's. yeah, yeah. Tell me more about that. Um, so, well, so first of all, so that's, 
so we potentially have it, there could be like a, a a bush gore type situation where we don't immediately have uh, Multi- the results. multiple states that could happen right. in multiple states it could be arizona florida you know arizona can say uh our first count gives it to trump and then a week later say actually it looks like it goes to biden and that's not going to get respected well, you know and then here's the thing he controls the senate he controls the supreme court okay yeah, and and that's and then so if it ultimately gets there, then it's in his pocket, right? Well, he controls um, the Senate, he controls the Supreme Court, he l- lives in the White House, and I know that sounds simple, but there's a reason why the phrase "possession is nine tenths of the law" <laughs> is a phrase, and it's not because like, oh golly, if we look at this statistically, the, the courts sit, tend to side with possession nine out of ten times. No, it's a phrase because courts have a bias towards stasis does that make sense yes so it's not that you know nine times out of ten the court says you're there you own it it's they want to keep things the way they are status quo yeah right right um yeah so i mean that's those are terrifying scenarios to be honest um now i mean that axios interview is just a train wreck i it's like 37 minutes long it's absolutely worth watching i it's on youtube i watched it this afternoon i want you to tell me more about it but i want to get back to something more about elections that that shit in that am i cutting you off no not at all go for it that's that 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 interview is hilarious i mean it's too funny it's like an episode of veep when he's just talking about charts and like here look at him and then he starts talking about the next chart hoping he doesn't look at him and he's like right no no, no, actually, oh, oh, I see what you did. That guy used so much skill to literally stand in front of the person that when me and you were younger, we'd say was the leader of the free world and yeah. and have the nerve to be like, actually, you're wrong. Like, I don't know that I would. I think I would, but I don't know that I would. It was a great interview. He did a good job, for he sure. Did. He did. Um, okay, so I have my scenario, my version of what everything sure. stayed still. Why? You're freezing a little bit over there. God damn it. This was a particularly bad case of somebody being cut in half. All right, we're back. Yeah. (laughs) We were on a pretty good roll there. It's all right. Luckily, I have a great quote for when the show gets cut in half. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, I remember. Have you seen Dewey Cox? I don't think so. Uh, Is it Dewey? Walk Hard. Walk Hard. The Dewey Cox Cox story. story, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Instead of Walk the Line. The Johnny Cash story. Um, Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, one of the kids gets cut in half. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and the wrong boy died is the phrase that they keep saying. So, but the doctor shows up, and he's like an old-timey medicine doctor shows up, and he goes, he wipes off the, the sweat off his brow. Like, imagine um, the guy in uh, Van, Dr. Van Helsing. Right, that, right, that right. kind of doctor. Yeah, he wipes the sweat. He goes, well, that was a particularly bad case of being cut in half. <laughs> Dude, when I was looking for stuff to watch, I don't remember what platform I was on, but Dewey Cox came up on... There's a solid 25 to 30 minutes of funny in that hour and a half. Right. Like, I'm not saying it's funny. Like, That's not a good review. Right. But those 25 to 30 are minutes are really funny. Yeah, they are. Well, I didn't say they're worth it. You could isolate <laughs> them and still be funny so, out of context. I don't yeah. remember if it was Netflix or Prime, but one of those platforms has it on. I could watch it. Yeah, I think it was Netflix. I saw it on Netflix. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you were starting to talk about that Axios interview. But you um, had a thing it, you wanted to Can get... we come back to it? Yeah, we can go back to the Axios yeah. interview after. Yeah. You, you had something um, you were going into. With elections. So I, I guess I have... Um, this is definitely an unfounded fear. And this is pretty conspiratorial. So maybe a drop. Ooh. We'll see. All right. Um, have, have you heard of Directive 51? You have to have heard that tossed around. It's been around since the Bush administration, uh, Bush 2. 
Uh, yeah, I've definitely heard the term. I don't recall at all what it refers to, but. Okay, so Directive 51, I'm reading this from the wiki, so, you know, for what that's right. worth. Uh, National Security and Homeland, National Security and Homeland Security Presidential Directive, uh, signed by President of the United States George W. Bush on May 1st, 2007. It's a directive establishing a comprehensive policy on the federal government structures and operations in the event of a catastrophic emergency. Such an emergency is defined as any incident, regardless of location, that results in extraordinary levels of mass casualties, damage, or disruption severely affecting the U.S. population, infrastructure, environment, economy, or government functions. Do you feel like this president, who loves to see how far he can stretch things like truth, could justify using this directive, uh, given that uh, that outline of when it can be used in our current environment. Perhaps maybe if you don't trust the upcoming election. Yeah. Because of the pandemic. Like, go ahead. I'm asking. <laughs> do you do you see him using that? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know that he would come up with it on his own, but I could definitely see people around him saying, hey, use this. And he'd be like, okay, let's do it. Uh, absolutely. Not even... I think, yeah. I think it's already happening because I think what he's trying to prompt is a fear response from the population that is okay with him doing that. And he's trying to trigger situations in Democratic-run cities where his opposition, the Democrats, can run around with their hands above their heads saying, oh my God, it's an emergency, it's a catastrophe. Oh my God, it's an emergency, it's a catastrophe. And then you can go, oh, great. You know, if it is that, I have something that can help you. And they can go, oh, no, 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 masks are fine. Um, which, you know, I'm so making fun of them, but I'm on their side there. Uh, yeah, no, go ahead. I have a follow-up. So, but yeah, you're so. saying that, like, so the the brown shirts, as we called them on last yeah. week's episode, are yeah. all a, a predecessor or a, a precursor, I guess, to that being in, enabled to be enforced or used. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, he's, he's manufacturing fear right now. Sure. So, or chaos, uh, In the same way, mm, fear. In the same way he manufactured all that fear on the border. Like, yeah. all of that was manufactured fear. Right. I'm gesturing south from me because I'm in San Diego. <laughs> Um, so the president executes directive 51, dun, 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 Congress will invoke the national emergencies act, which gives them oversight over presidential emergency powers. So then what do you think will happen? They're going to argue over who has the authority or Trump will say he has the authority. Basically it's the civil war. I already told you started already. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, positions, possessions, nine tenths of the law. So he's going to have the White House, and especially if he uses that to uh, confiscate the ballot boxes. Um, the, these are all words that sound unbelievable, but he has three months to create this fear and have his 30% of the country be okay with it, and then we all have to live with it. Man, all I can think is that I really hope that I wake up, uh, you know, the second week of November and, and I think about this episode and, and, and I'm really happy that none of this came to pass. Uh, but I, it's certainly, I can't rationally today, August 4th, Tuesday, say 2020, say that, that what you're saying is outside the realm of possibility, which it, I know, sadly, it sounds like it sounds extreme, but very plausible. Sounds like a right? Tom Clancy movie. I mean, but, but yeah, it does. But I got more. Go bring it. Well, okay. So I don't at this point. I mean, I, I 
the best way for him to be out of office the whole time was wait four years and we'll vote him out because anything short of that is a lot of turmoil. There'll be a price to pay for all of it. We're still paying for 96. Sure. You know, so um, to me, the best time we had to get Trump out of office is already gone. Uh, you know, I think that door closed when Pelosi refused to file corruption charges. Uh, corruption charges would have brought him down because conservatives hate corruption, too. If they could have proved Donald Trump was stealing from American families, that would have brought a couple, just a couple of GOP votes in the Senate. Um, instead, it absolutely did not address his human rights abuses or his indict his incitement to violence or his lies to policymakers or his documented unprecedented corruption and theft from the American people via self-enrichment at public cost, which is constitutionally prohibited. And... Most likely, the only reason that Pelosi didn't use that is because that would have turned the knife right towards her because it's a bipartisan offense going on. And she was afraid that if she charged him with corruption, she'd get nabbed too. Just to, for other shit. But just you to know. clarify, you're talking about post Mueller report where the report basically wouldn't sign. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Oh, I'm no. I'm saying when they were choosing the charges to indict the president okay. with they didn't pick corruption on purpose right because they said they wanted to pick a narrow band hey remember this this was only in fucking february <laughs> uh uh god the person that's standing in front of the tv and telling us what to do was kicked out of office <laughs> don't forget that um but anyways uh yeah so so we would have got we would have there would have been a couple of people that would have voted for his impeachment if she would have actually said hey conservatives i know you don't like corruption either you know this person's been stealing from you and american families uh like i don't know if i agree with that that necessarily they would have pulled anybody any republicans at all i i don't yeah. i don't know you don't think it would have got two I, I well okay i mean maybe yeah go maybe ahead. but i honestly i don't Man, like, they could are. Could you name any GOP senators that might have broken step? I mean, Rob clearly did, not Rob, Susan Rob Collins, Romney did, right? right? So, Romney did, right. yes. Uh, so, other than him, no, I can't. Not Susan Collins. She'd teach him a lesson, right? right? right. I hope he learns a lesson from this. I, I no, I can't. I can't. I can't name one. I don't. I don't think that would even, break. Even even Lindsey Graham. You know who? Like Alan, for our <laughs> listeners that don't know, can you say who Lindsey Graham is? <laughs> he. <laughs> I, all I'm thinking about is the ladybug story. Is that what you're kidding? Oh yeah, no, I forgot about those little. Those just my. He's a senator ladybugs. from South Carolina. I, no, our, all our listeners know who. Everybody Benzie knows Graham who is. Go back and listen to the episode with Mike Bridenstein. He told us a <laughs> hilarious story about his lovely ladybugs. Uh, yeah, everybody knows who, who Lindsey Graham is. I, I don't see him breaking. No, I, Lindsey Graham called Donald Trump a quote race baiter xenophobic religious bigot and then when they were both running for president right and then six months later said no i don't think he's a race baiter bigot right i mean he completely retracted that statement like so what you're saying is there's no way that simply by presenting um his expenses for spending his year of his time in office on vacation or a year of his time in office on vacation at his own resorts Presenting that as a line item to the American people, you don't think that's enough for GOP senators to be swayed, um, or at least the outrage from their constituents to sway them? I can't imagine. I, I don't. I, I don't know what threshold. I can't imagine a single thing that they could have included in those impeachment articles that would have brought anybody but Romney over. Uh, honestly, I, I don't. They, I mean, I don't think that there is anything that they would have put in in that. In those in those impeachment articles that would have brought anybody over, I just don't. If there was, they're too 
I'm so do you know you. you know the poker term where man what is the poker term all in no no, no. there's a poker term <laughs> i know all in it's all no. in <laughs> There's a poker. The river. There's a poker term where basically the flop. You have too much money in the pot to fold. Like at this mm. point, you might as well just keep playing because you're you're too far. Oh, pot committed. Yeah, exactly. So at this point, I think all the Republican senators are just pot committed. Like there's, they're too far in. It's three and a half. You know, at this at that point, it was three three years in. Um, they hadn't broken with him for any of the the shit he had done up to that point. Uh, they weren't going to break then. It just wasn't going to happen. It, it, I don't think. No, I, I, I mean, I had that whole rant lined up. I made some <laughs> bullet points so I wouldn't miss them. And at the very end, I said, "What?" I think <laughs> at the very end, I had your fucking question written down already. Like, would this really sway any GOP senators? So, yeah, uh, you know, can I say one more thing before we sw- step yeah, away from yeah, elections? Sure. Can you think of a time where a federal response to a disaster or an emergency has been effective? I mean, maybe, maybe at like natural disasters, right? Like maybe. Yeah, but I mean, the first thing that came to mind was Katrina when that was a disaster. I know, but they, but they were horrible right. at it, right? Like there's literally stories of people stocking up their trucks with water and driving out to Katrina. And, and like, of course they did sell them, but they sold them because they stocked their truck and drove into a fucking hurricane. Like they didn't sell charge them for like a thousand dollars a bottle they charged like five i don't know and people and people make people give that story they cite that story to say look at these awful people and it's like literally fema couldn't get water to these people they would have died from not drinking water yeah and that's who you want to call a monster somebody that managed to say oh look water's almost free where i live i could probably maybe make a small profit while being a decent human being Okay, I, so to, I'm sorry. To, that was not my question. I didn't mean to take so it down guess a to libertarian answer your rant. Question: I can't. But then again, the things we remember are the things that didn't go well. Uh, I guess so. Mm. I, there's got to be some examples where it's 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 been at least marginally successful. I, it's been. I can't. I can't think of any at the top of my head. But again, we remember the shitty stuff, not not the good stuff. Yeah. You know? uh, listeners, text me. Uh, or no, where can they reach us, Alan? Nuntakenpod.com. There's, they can, they can send us anything. All Questions. our links are there. Yeah. All our socials are there. Everything's there. All right, I'm going to pull the cork out of this absinthe bottle to pour a drink for the next topic. All right. What do we got? We got, well, we can continue on talking about the Axios interview. We kind of touched on it yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, Man, to your point, the part about where he's handling the charts to to him, he just looks like a doddering old wait, man. Wait, wait, wait. Some, this, this interview just came out. Yeah. Um, like, two people will listen to this tomorrow morning, and I love both of you. Uh, <laughs> the rest of us probably will know about this by the time they hear right. it, but set it up a little bit more. All right, so... What's Axios? Axios is a uh, television program on HBO. It's a news organization founded by people who left Politico, I think. Okay, they, but they have a weekly show on HBO, correct? Is that how that... Yeah, I think so. Last time I looked them up on uh, PolitiFact, they were rated as like pretty close to center, but on the left. Yeah, which surprised me. I thought that you know anything popular is super left. And this, um, the reporter who is it, Jonathan Swallow? Is that his name? I want to say that's his name. Uh, I don't know. That's <laughs> unfortunate. Uh, but he's he's a um, he doesn't shy away from the tough questions. And when the the president tries to kind of go off on little rants, he's kind of like, okay. I, and he seeds a lot of ground. You know, he's like, I'm not arguing yeah. that you lost, that you didn't win the election. I'm not arguing that you didn't, you know, that you can't draw crowds um, to your rallies and things like that. What I'm saying is X or Y. Oh, wow. um, but there was a bunch of things. So there's a the part where 
they're talking about the coronavirus. And, coronavirus. and basically the president, of course, is saying that, you know, we're doing the best we can. We've done the best we can. I, I did all the right things. Um, and he presses them on that. And so he starts, the president starts fumbling through these charts that he has printed on what appears to be legal sized paper that he's like just fumbling through and like some. He's got receipts, Alan. Right. How dare you? You know, you know, what's the press secretary? What's that like smoke show that he hired? Uh, Kelly McEnany. Mac- I never know it's McEnany or McEnany. It's McEnany because it's Scottish, I right? I think so. Okay. Um, she is the queen of I've got receipts. Oh, yeah. Like, she just waits until a reporter says something. She's like, oh, thank God. I knew one of you motherfuckers would say this. <laughs> Let me reach into my kit bag. Right, right. And, like, I don't like her, but I love it when she does that. It makes me laugh. Like, I, anybody that's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like he it's like she told him, like, look, he's going to say this and we've got these charts. You've got three charts you can pick up and say this thing for each chart. But he doesn't know how to look at the charts and doesn't remember the things he's supposed to say. (laughs) Like you literally have to say, grab the first sheet and say this. Grab the second sheet and say this. Like you can't describe it any differently. So he hands in the chart about the coronavirus. I'm sorry. At what age of your child's development would you describe that stage? What I just described. You've raised a kid to almost adulthood. Huh. Uh, a kid could probably do that when they're, man, pretty young. Like six or yeah, seven? Yeah, easily. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah cool. Sure. Um, yeah, because you can, yeah, kids can absolutely do presentations at that age. He's smarter than a sixth grader. I'm not saying that. No, I just, understand. You know, they, yeah. they can do that. Right. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah, the the interview is a complete train wreck. Um, he does push him on a lot of things, the, the coronavirus response being one of them. He even asks him about... If he thought John Lewis was a, what he thought of John Lewis, right? Which, by the way, what did he say? Because he never saw him know, while he was laying in rest. You know what, he said? what did he say? Oh, he no. said it, he didn't attend my. He speaks so well. He didn't attend my inauguration, and he didn't attend my State of the Union speech. I never met the guy, so I don't know. That's what he. Those said. are the only two times he would have seen him, That's, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right, a senator, <laughs> uh, congressman, or senator. Congressman, yeah. Yeah, um, sorry, but yeah, that's what he said. That was his response. There was so, he asked him about a thousand Americans dying a day to the coronavirus, and he said, "Well, it is what it is." I mean, there's just so many things in this interview that are just. Well, it is what it is. He's right. And what it is, is the result of him not planning and ignoring advice from the people who's experts at planning. You know what? Speaking of that, actually, I have a topic that kind of segues well into that, if, if we can. Um, so Vanity Fair dropped an article last week. Oh, I am about to get so fucking mad. <laughs> you remember what I texted you back when you told me this, like a little bit about this article? I don't remember exact words, but I, generally speaking, yeah. yes. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Okay. So the article in Vanity Fair is all about um, the early response to the coronavirus. If you recall, Jared Kushner, um, as the president likes to do, was tasked with figuring out what we should do. So he had a little task force that was set up. It was him one of his college roommates, a bunch of, uh, you know, people in his circle, um, you know, business people, et cetera, not necessarily people who are qualified to take on this thing. Um, but nonetheless, they were people of note. Anyways, so it all starts with a order for three and a half million tests from China that nobody seems to know where this order came from. Um, it turns out that it was ordered by his task force. And that his task force had actually come up with a plan to launch nationwide testing for the coronavirus. 
Wait, no. Did you already say who was in charge of the task force? Jared, I'm sorry. Jared Kushner. I think yeah. I said that. Um, okay. Well, he should be good at that because he can fuck his daughter. So. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now, it turns out the test didn't work, um, but that's neither here nor there. That's not the important part. Um, so they actually had put together a national strategy for the federal government to come out and take the lead on testing um, nationally. Now, this is what all the experts had been calling for for throughout the whole beginning of this pandemic is saying, this is what we need. We can't just leave the states out there on their own to do this, right? Fuck it. <laughs> You're having a, a large beverage? Okay. Um, so, they put together a plan. So Kushner actually did some work. He actually had come up with a way for the, the federal government to do this. Then what happened was the political people in the administration came in and said, hey, you know what? It looks like where we're seeing most of the issues with the coronavirus is in blue states, right? It's in big cities. Those people don't vote for us. They have Democratic governors. Why would we do that when we could just let it happen? And then we can just blame the Democratic governors for what happened, uh, for or what, what happens. So they pulled it, and they never, they never launched the federal testing program based on that. We, we've outlined a lot of, like, hypothetical scenarios where this president might in the future do something particularly evil. I mean, this is evil. That might make you mad, you know? But I don't think any of them would be as directly, let's just use a simple word like bad. <laughs> right. Okay. As as shutting down the program that would prevent the spread of a disease that doesn't care what your political beliefs are because you think it might benefit your political beliefs. It's actually funny to hear that because the reason he got into the office was because news agencies stifled stories about him being corrupt and fucking prostitutes because they said it'll be good for us if we unleash this virus onto the American people, the virus of Donald Trump's politics. And now, as a knock-on effect, he encouraged the continuation of this virus to run rampant through all of our states oh by the way blue states and blue cities contain multitudes you fucking idiot i'm I, i'm really i'm really upset and uh i can see you want to say something while you say something i'm going to just formulate a couple of thoughts and take a deep breath because i don't want to say something as rash as what i texted you but i am going to say something along those lines all right. uh, so i mean we had the, the story last week about trump sort of uh, changing his tone on the virus and that was based on, at least reporting was saying that that was based on him being shown that, hey, this virus is impacting our base as well. It's, it's starting to hit red states, right? Places where your voter base is. Um, and so that's what prompted his change in tone towards the virus. That's what prompted the whole, let's wear masks. That's what prompted, oh, let's cancel the RNC. All those things that we thought he would never do because suddenly he's shown that it is affecting his base. Now we have the flip side of it where they purposely did not do things that could have positively impacted the outcome of this virus in our country because they thought it would only impact blue states. I mean, now, both sides of the story. It's Dude, unbelievable. Like, my head's spinning. Imagine, um, um, I, let me create a hypothetical for you. Let's say another country, let's say another country close to us, like Canada, somebody that we have like a, a good relationship with, Let's just say their government found out that they had this virus going rampant there, but we mostly had it under control, but they knew that it would affect us if they let it go. 
how quickly would we all be in agreement that we need to go invade that country and make sure that the people in charge of it are out of office and probably put to death? Mm. Like, that would be a, almost a no-brainer, right? I don't know about the put to death part, but yes, I, I see what. Well, I just mean right. that I just mean that that would be the legal consequence okay. if they went through a trial. Yes. I'm not saying okay. we grab guns and go do right. that. I'm saying Understood. like, like if you kill somebody, you go to jail for 20 years. If you do it a particularly heinous way, as Law and Order SVU teaches us, that you get you know more severe punishments. Right. I would imagine 150,000 people. I mean, what is it like? A third of them are his fault. I don't know. It's not all of them. It's 160,000 now, by the way. Yeah, I am. I am. I. I. I can feel myself having gone through my emotional arc, and I've started to calm down. Mm. I am so upset by this story every time I think about it. It's. Uh, it's maddening. Um, like you want to go play Madden? No, not at all. I mean, yeah. I. I <sighs> man, I don't. I don't have anywhere else to go with this story. To be honest, no, fine, I, the only man. thing I would say is. Um, I forgot about Vanity Fair. I used to read Vanity Fair a lot oh, back in the day. Like that was one of my favorite magazines. Because of Hitch. Yeah, exactly. I I was a subscriber for years and years. I read that thing religiously. Um, and Explain who Hitch is. Christopher Hitchens was a. It's not the movie by Will Smith no, with Will Smith in it. No, where he's the no. dating guru. A oh. very a, a very excellent writer that tragically is no longer with us. Uh, Can I share you my favorite Christopher Hitchens quote? If you don't have more to say about him. Yes, I'm trying to think of. Do you have more to no, say? No, no, about no. I'm him? just trying to think of my favorite Christopher Hitchens quote, which is uh, say yours. The same one. Say yours. Uh, the foremost overrated yes. things are, <laughs> are champagne, and and I don't I don't have the order. Yeah, champagne, lobsters, picnics, and anal sex. And anal sex. Yes. That's coming from a lifelong gay man, right. so I'm going to trust his opinion on this. <laughs> I'm guessing he likes head. I don't know. Like uh, we can, we will never know. Maybe he likes vaginal sex with non-cisgendered women how dare you alan you looked at me confused by that wow, that's this... you, i think you need to take a sensitivity yeah, training class right. and then come back to the rest of this podcast let's take a break right here and come back this is the b-side of our platter sports fans and i'm singing just for you covered in sequins <laughs> I actually didn't go anywhere because I already made no. Oh, you already drink had an and I already drank. Yeah, I I drank two Dude, bottles. Dude, you two. just like slammed that thing. I needed to. I was I was afraid of what I was gonna say. Yeah. All right. Can you imagine if I got on a podcast and said what I texted you? <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good. No, it would be bad for you. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. You got control of where we're going. Uh, I do. I was about to say number two, you have controls, or number two, you have the bridge. However, that makes me Picard, which, while well, I like it, that makes um, me Riker, which is cool. But I like Riker. Uh, Riker's cool. Yeah, I like Riker more than Picard, but I don't know if I want to set up a hierarchy of the show. Wasn't Picard voted the <laughs> most sexy? Like, wasn't he on Time Magazine's Sexiest Man of the Year once? I think he was. Really? I think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. He's got a weird shaped head. It like his head to neck looks like like a golf ball on a tee kind of yeah you know he was a shakespearean actor before he went to yes yeah. yeah yeah like him and magneto both had a long back what's magneto's name <laughs> he was also in um lots of movies i can't even remember what his name is ewan mcgregor we know who magneto is everybody was it was it ewan mcgregor no, or so. is it something mcgregor ellen 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 alda hold on mcclan and mcgreg mcclan mcgregor uh what who, who played magneto 
Hey. 21st century technology. Who played Magneto? Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen, yes. Uh, I was so close. Who is Ewan McGregor? Wasn't he in He's the, in Star Wars. He's the um the yeah. younger version of uh Obi-Wan. Of uh, Obi-Wan, yeah. 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 Uh, what's that move that he goes? He goes uh he drops down. Hello there. <laughs> Do you remember the um poor lip reading music video? <laughs> Do I? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm oh, finding seagulls. That was on my phone. one of my favorite things back in the day. What was that, like two years ago? I was like five, dude. Was it really? Shit. Yeah. I'm old. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, there we go. Rocking, rocking and rolling. <laughs> Down to the beach, I'm strolling. All right. <laughs> Well, that was a fun little intermission after our uh, yeah. last heavy topic. I, I'm drunk. Are you really? All right. Well, Those be, well, I'm buzzed, but I'm not high for like once on this show. Sweet. Well, let's power through. <laughs> All right. Let's, yeah, I know. Despite my marijuana handicap, I can make it through this. <laughs> All right. So uh, the, look at my list here. We have... Uh, the Manhattan DA. Uh, yeah. Tell me about the Manhattan DA. All right. I think, this, I, think I like this story. This is a very... I like. I think you will like this story as well. So the Manhattan DA subpoenaed uh, Trump for his financial records from his accounting firm. Uh, this was Azars, Mazars, something like that. Yeah, this was I think a year. Ozarks. No, I, th- I think it starts with an M. Ozark, starring Breaking Bad. <laughs> it's definitely not Ozark. Um, okay. So th- this was some time ago. The uh, initially, uh, the president's lawyers uh, fired back, basically saying, "Look." Uh, you can't subpoena the sitting president. So that went all the way to the Supreme Court. So- what if he stood up? <laughs> I, I think they wrote that rule during Roosevelt era. Oh, and no. It's just like an- oh, no, you're not. He's my favorite sitting president. <sighs> yeah. okay. Hey, polio jokes are all the rave now that there's new diseases and vaccines on the, on the, on the media topic. Hey, polio, polio comes up again in the show. Last week I called it polo, remember? I do, Ralph Lauren Polio. Um, so the Supreme Court shot that down and said that no, that you could, you can't subpoena a sitting president. So then okay. his lawyers came back and said, well, oh right, that was like two weeks ago, yeah, something like that. So then the yeah. lawyers came back and said, no, okay, well, the subpoena is too broad. Uh, it's it's asking for too much. So the district attorney has now come out and said that it. It's about way more than just hush money payments, which is sort of what was expected, or that's what they thought it was about. Yeah, because the way I heard that story reported, it was just a headline. It was that the Manhattan DA had, uh, or the whatever, had had hinted at larger, a broader scope of his investigation. So that was what hinted at mean. So he said, or the... Like he had to tell the judge, this is why I'm asking, basically. Right, so they said, it's possibly extensive and protracted criminal conduct far more than just hush money payments. Are you saying that you think, or does that sound like there is a news story that'll come out sometime between now and the election, or I guess after he's in office, because they'll dot their eyes, and it'll be, hey, the person in the office of the presidency is in this wide-ranging way a an explicit criminal, not even implied. That's what it sounds like, right? Yeah, I think that the... The lawyers He's too smart to have his name on anything. No. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> I think that the lawyers that are working for him are going to do their best to push this. Uh, so who's him? Trump. 
that they are going to push this so that it happens post election. I think that's what will will happen. So I don't necessarily that'll be really funny when on the tenth we find out about this. <laughs> yeah. So I don't necessarily see anything groundbreaking coming out before the election. Oh, I already know it. I already know it. Just like in 2016, the day after the election, they claimed China. And now they're saying that I'm a criminal. Do you believe I'm a criminal? And then he throws up a peace sign and says, I am not a crook. Because <laughs> he has no concept of historical relevance. I could see. What did he do? He said something one time where it was just like, oh my God. Oh, it was uh, if they're looting, we're shooting. Yes. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like, like just Google it. Like, <laughs> right, just, right, you know? right. No, he doesn't do that. Same way with his retweets. Um, so yeah, so that's basically all. Admittedly, <laughs> that's basically all I had about that story. You had a story about uh, Epstein, so oh. we should get into yes. that for sure. Yeah, you did catch me off guard. Oh, yeah, I uh, no, it's okay. I'm sitting crisscross applesauce? applesauce on a couch. Yes, applesauce on a couch. So um, I am extremely relaxed. Quick question: uh, yeah. How do you feel about applesauce? Yeah. It's fine. It's better with cinnamon yeah. and really cold. I like the texture and I like to like, this is weird. I like to like swish it around in between my teeth like jello. Do you ever do that? Mm. Not with applesauce. You do that with jello? Uh, <laughs> no, no, I haven't. <laughs> I like to, I like to take jello shots uh-huh. and I like, you, you shoot them in your mouth and then I go. Wow. In between my front There's teeth. There's so many places I could go right now, especially with the noises you just made, but I'm not going to go yeah. there. Because yeah. this is this is a this is a kid friendly family show. This is a family right, show. Right, right. This, this is not a family <laughs> this show. This is really not. You can say it sounds like I'm sucking dick if you want. <laughs> well, it's, some things are better. Hey, left, speaking of which, let's talk about uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Let's, yeah, um, yeah. So there's been a lot of reports about uh, unsealed documents recently, and most of the time that kind of comes. Uh, kind of like with the Mueller report and any of those things, there's just this unloading of documents. And when it's a topic like this, it's like, God, I, I don't want to look through it. So thank God there's people that have to look through it. That's like people that have to search the, the, the internet for like child pornography. I think they say all those people, like they do that job for like six months and then just like, I'd, I'd rather die. I don't want to see any of this shit ever again. Yeah. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, oh, speaking of child pornography, Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so, so Alan Dershowitz, the famous sort of celebrity lawyer, right, um, has, well, he tweeted, I believe today, I think it was, that all these documents came out because of me, because I, I forced him to come out. There's been a lot of allegations that he was involved with one of the girls that was trafficked by Epstein and his girlfriend. Yeah. Virginia Roberts Gouffre. Right. Um, I'm sorry, Jane Doe number three. Jane Doe number three, correct. Um where else? So, I will. Yeah. I will say this so, well, just quickly. Um, he was uh, Trump was asked about him saying that he wished the best for for Ghislaine Maxwell in in the Axios interview, and he doubled down on it and said it again, basically saying that, well, her boyfriend died in prison. Whether he committed suicide or or was murdered, we don't know. But all I'm saying is, I I, I wish her the best. I don't I don't want that to happen to her. Basically, is what he said. I always assume when he says he wishes her the best, it's like at the end of the show when I say God bless. It's like me saying like goodbye, right. and I don't really believe in this. Right. Yeah, he kind of said, he's yeah. like, I wish everybody the best. You know, I don't wish yeah. harm to anybody. So, I, 
I, li- I I like to listen to a show called No Agenda. Uh, a couple episodes ago, when Spencer and Clint or ooh, when Spencer and Matt were on here, they no, uh, agenda. Spencer was talking about that show. Yeah, No Agenda. I yeah. thought of No Reservations like when you said that. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. One of these days, we got to talk about Anthony Bourdain, for man. Sure. I, I actually thought about him this weekend, and I made a little note saying, like, I actually I just want to talk to him for talk about him for no reason. So, it, it obviously that's an evergreen evergreen subject, but yeah, I miss him. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah. So, Alan Dershowitz, he's a former Harvard Law professor, an elite attorney, um, and you know, yeah, like you said, he liked to claim that it was his fault that a lot of these pages or that these documents got unreleased. So. Uh, a group called Law and Crime reviewed all 638 pages in the first, they use the word tranche, T-R-A-N-C-H-E. Tranche or tranche? Tranche. 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 Yeah. yeah, it looks fraud. It's like the first dump, basically. Like in the morning? <laughs> no, the first uh, dump of documents. They're gonna yeah, be like you had some coffee. Yeah, sure, yeah. You have to shower. <laughs> you don't really want to do this, but, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a tranche. Okay, well... I'm going to start calling it that, uh, morning tranche. Uh, anyways, um, so he likes to say that it was like, so people were saying, oh, you were, because was he friends with Epstein or was he, his, no, he was his attorney. He No, he was his attorney. He helped negotiate, this comes up in this article, he helped negotiate the terms of his um, his settlement or wh- whatever they, his agreement was. And, they really tried to keep that quiet though. Like they really, that wasn't very much public knowledge. No, you're right. So he might not have been directly his attorney, but he did help uh, negotiate the terms yes. of his settlement in Miami uh, when he somehow wasn't, or he was a sex offender, but he didn't go to prison for it. He helped negotiate the terms so that the 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 victims didn't find out about the the, the his releasement right. and stuff like right. that. Uh, okay, so. Um, I'm reading from an article. There's several paragraphs t- explaining on, in legalese that the person that made the statement wasn't under duress. Um, so that person who is Jane Doe, uh, Epstein. So this is a quote from the documents that were released. And this, this is a quote from the documents that Dershowitz insisted were released because he said they were going to clear his name. Yes. Um, Epstein required Jane Doe number three to have sexual relations with Dershowitz on numerous occasions while she was a minor, not only in Florida, but also on private planes in New York, New Mexico, and in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, That's what the filing says. um, That's what the the plaintiff says in her defense. So that's actually in in the lawsuit that is uh, accusing Jelaine Maxwell. Um, so that actually wasn't the unsealed documents, excuse me. That was like what was known. That was why, that was the accusation towards Dershowitz. So that's sort of the impetus of him wanting these documents released. These are, this is the document that was released and it has the word redacted when they don't say Dershowitz, right? Mm-hmm. One such powerful, so, so remember the pattern here, right? So this is, this is why it's important. So the pattern is while she was a minor, not only in Florida, but on private planes, New York, New Mexico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. So remember all of that? One such powerful individual that Epstein forced then minor Jane Doe number three to have sexual relationships was redacted. A close friend of Epstein's redacted. Epstein required Jane Doe number three to have sexual relations with redacted on numerous occasions while she was a minor, not only in Florida, but also on private planes in New York, New Mexico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands. It goes on to say redacted a million other times and a bunch of other words that I don't want to have to fucking say and none of us want to have to listen to. Uh... You know, he really did not come out good with this. Um, you know, he 
that the, he, he keeps saying that, you know, if there's videos, if there's anything, just let it all out there. None of it's ever going to clue me, clue anything towards me, but he really isn't fucking looking good. I, I'm not trying to pin anything on Dershowitz. I'm just, I, I don't, I, I feel like we're finding evidence of who his co-conspirators are, right? Yeah. What do you think about any of this? I, I know I asked for this. I'm, I'm kind of realizing that I, I don't have as much momentum going into the story as I kind of thought it would, but like, it's depressing, right? Like, I, I know it takes a lot of the wind out of the sails to think about the context of what this is, but he pushed for this, like in a Donald Trump playbook, to be like, prove it, prove it, prove it. Aha, there it is. See, well, th- none of that says my name. That's literally what he says. Right. Um, he said there are this. So this is his new response after these came out. He said, "Aha! There are no new acc- There are no new accusations against me in the documents that got unsealed." Yeah, he de- certainly doesn't come off looking very well, and he has been in the spotlight as a famous lawyer for years. I mean, he was on OJ's defense team back in the the '90s, right? Um, so uh, this is, I guess, some parts shocking. Um, and then some parts just, you kind of exactly. shake your head and go, well, yeah, yeah. You shake your head and go, yeah, that's okay. Rich, powerful men doing things like this and getting yeah. away with it for the most part. I mentioned that it would tie together with, um, him trying to stifle other information. So let me just get to that sure. three, the, the years long effort to have the full Epstein files controlled by the Southern district of New York and the second circuit court of appeals has been led by Jufre John J- Jane Doe number three and her attorneys, the Miami Herald and their star journalist, Julie K Brown. She's the person that broke this have the, the whole story. Julie K Brown, right. <clears throat> uh, have also been instrumental in the legal battle over those accusations Dershowitz's interest in the case, at least in legal terms, began in late 2019 when he countersued Jufre for defamation. That's when she wrote her book, I think. Yeah. Um, there's also been allegations that Dershowitz himself has attempted to fight and stall the release of the Epstein files. Uh, somewhere in here in the shit I didn't want to read for the third time today <laughs> was where he negotiated the terms of Epstein's, Epstein's settlement right. in 2007. Yeah. Right. It's depressing, man. It is. Well, palate cleanser. Do you want to talk about yeah. China seeds? Oh, you told me you found you kind of heard an idea of what was happening there. You had an update on the China seeds. All right. Chinese. <laughs> so first of all, when you brought that up on the show last week, I had heard zero about China seeds. Mm. And immediately after the show, I literally was watching the news and one of the segments was about the China seeds. I was like, oh, shit. Um, so, yeah. So what really wasn't the China seeds are saying it's a mix of it's been a mix of different things, ornamental things, fruits, vegetables, herbs. Um, and as, as of now, at least for what we know, nothing harmful, nothing um, that's dangerous. Although the, uh, the government is still urging people not to plant them, to destroy them, etc. immediately. Now, the reason that they think um, they were sent out in the first place was something called a brushing scheme. Have you ever? Yeah, that's what I'd heard too. Yeah, brushing schemes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, people do them all the time. There's legitimate ones and illegitimate ones. Why don't you explain what a brushing scheme is? So basically, in an attempt to boost your ratings as an online seller um, on a platform like, say, Amazon or eBay, something like that, you would send out something that doesn't cost you very much um, to uh, a customer that isn't really yours. Like they didn't order this stuff. They didn't buy it, but you send it out and it counts as a transaction. So now 
on Amazon, it shows you have, let's say you send out 5,000 packages of seeds that cost you 35 cents to put in an envelope and 50 cents to mail, right? You send out 5,000 seeds, now suddenly you can say you had 5,000 transactions on Amazon that have been successful, right? And that boosts your, um, your seller status on that platform. So that's what they think is the reason behind yeah. this. Just always remember, people, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, literally hundreds. I don't, I'm trying to think of a bigger number, but only saying hundreds, <laughs> uh, of potential answers to the things that perplex you. Sure. And the first thing that you think of that fits the other ideas that already exist in your mind is even though that seems the most plausible in your mind because of the current context, doesn't mean that that isn't the most plausible reason. And it takes introspection and thought and research and actually not going with your first guess to get to the bottom of things. It is what I said when we presented this last week is it might be something nefarious. It might not. Like it seems just as likely that it was some company trying to get a leg up. First of all, it might be too many. I don't know how many of these there really were that went out. You know, so like I'm sure if you were doing a brushing scheme, you wouldn't do like, I don't know, 10,000. But maybe you would if it only cost you five cents to do the whole scheme, like each each item. I, I don't know. Um, but you couple a country we're not comfortable with, that being the source of the virus that we're, the, the source nationally of the virus that we're suffering from, and distrust you know, that's a perfect storm. This is like um, Satan, satanic panic in the 80s right. and all that other stuff that we get swept up into hysteria from. You know, just let us be a lesson. We could be wrong. We got another week to talk about this. Right, but right. for now, I, you know, I, I, I was quick to kind of pump the brakes on it, mostly because it, it, it wasn't going to kill us today if it was true. You know, we could wait and see and not run, run head steam into it. It was fun. But it, it didn't. It, it seemed just as likely to be that. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. So interesting story. We'll uh, we'll stay on it. Can Can I ask you a question? Of course. I, know, I can see you're about to say something. Can I ask you a question? This one came to me in the shower today. I was listening to a news story, and they were talking about like states that are dealing with things and how they're dealing with it, blah blah blah. And they just listed off a bunch of western states, and they said Wyoming, and I went Wyoming. Is that place real? <laughs> Just con conceptualize Wyoming in your head, though. <clears throat> what, what does it look like? It's a square with a little corner bit out of it, right? Yeah, I feel like... Okay, you sure? Isn't Yellowstone Have National Park partly Might in be. Wyoming? Yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I've physically been there when I went from Utah and then down into Denver. Like, I... I just think, like, know. open ranges and cowboys, to be honest. I don't, I don't know. I don't... I don't know anybody from Wyoming. I've never met somebody moving to Wyoming. I want to say I, Wyoming. It's it's bigger than like twenty states combined. Yep, and and it has like three hundred thousand people in it. I don't think it's real. I was gonna say I think Wyoming has the least amount of electoral college votes because basically your your electoral college votes come from your representatives in Congress, so right. So the minimum you can have is two senators and one uh, congressman, right? I think that's all they have. I think they only have three because that's their population is so small. When I was a kid, th this will give you context okay. to that. When I was a kid, uh, I, I was in Denver and I was watching the like TV and John Elway at a car dealership, mm, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Famously, of course, right? Yeah. yeah, and he had well, but before it was national or whatever, it was in Denver, of, of course. course. Uh, and and they had a commercial that was like, "We've sold over a hundred. I, I don't know the number, but it was like shockingly <laughs> low. It's like we've sold over a hundred thousand cars. That's more people than there are in Wyoming." <laughs> and I'm like, "Wait." 
I live in a city with more people. In that whole state. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to check it out now. Yeah. Maybe I want to move to Wyoming. No, nobody lives there for a reason, right? When I drove through Wyoming, I remember the 80, I think it was the 80. Um, it was just beautiful. Mm. Like, I'm not talking shit, but it was just nothing as far as you can see. And the highway actually had these like bars that would come, these uh, gates that would come and close off the highway because they're basically like, look, it's too windy. There's too much snow. We don't, you can't be driving because we'd have to come find you and we won't. This is on the interstate. So, yeah, on the interstate. Holy yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah, it gets bad there, man. You know, yeah. I've always wanted to go to Montana. I've never been, but I've heard it's gorgeous. Got to be worse than Wyoming, I've right? Heard it's beautiful, in terms though. of things like snow. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. Yeah, my, my mom's from Montana. There's a song. My mom's from Butte, Montana. Are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> my home's in Montana. I wear a bandana. My pony is silver. My saddle is gray. When riding the ranges, my luck never changes. With spurs in my stirrups, I gallop away. Wow. Whoa. I can't believe you pulled that off. <laughs> like fifth grade. <laughs> well, I would like to go to Missoula. I believe that's where the college, the university is. That's a, it's, a, it's supposed to be a nice college town. But uh, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. And a river probably runs through it. A, a river? No, that's Missouri. Never mind. Missoula. Yeah. Well, Missoula. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. If, yeah. There's probably rivers. I don't know. Anyways. Can I see another question? Sure. Did you have something? You were going to say something. No, no. Question. Honestly, we're up to your questions and the media diet. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, so, uh, well, I have some dumb questions. Okay. Um, okay, this one's a real dumb one. Are you ready? I'm ready. Buttholes are weird, right? <laughs> so my understanding is there's two sphincter muscles on a butthole. That's correct. Um, there's like an outer sphincter and an inner sphincter, and that's a fun word to say because of Wayne's World. But um, it's just like a muscle that constricts into a circle and like pinches things off, right? Um, Hey, I've got an idea. If you were going to get in like your your new car, if I was going to get in your new car and I had a bag that held shit in it and its only way of closing was what I just described, you wouldn't let me in that car, right? <laughs> no. No. And you certainly wouldn't let me like drink water and eat food while I was like adding to the bag, right? No. Dude, bottles are crazy. And we and we fuck them. So <laughs> But not Christopher Hitchens. Buttholes are weird. I uh, yeah, you're actually right. So there's there's the muscle that controls the I thought I was right the aperture, and then there's the muscle that pushes. I guess you could say that's a different muscle. That's a different yeah. muscle that pushes the stuff out. I actually, I, yeah. a doctor told me this because I'm not going to explain that. Actually, it prostate wasn't about exam? me. Was it a prostate exam? No, no, no. It was uh, when my son was a baby that. Um, I actually figured this had you. something to do with child raising, yeah, yeah, and I yeah. wasn't going to embarrass your kid no, by no. asking you that. Yeah, okay. yeah. They explain that to you and be like, "This is how that yeah. works," and the kids have to get used to like how to control that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so you're you're correct. It's weird. you're talking about an infant, right? Yes. Okay, right. <laughs> it's like your four year old. No. He's just learning. <laughs> no, no, no. An infant. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have one other complete non sequitur. Okay. Is that yeah, fine? All right. So uh, there was protest in Austin. There's still protest, guys. We're just, you know, I don't, I just, I've talked enough negative news. There's still protest. Um, actually, there was a lot of updates on the story we shared last week about the guy who got killed in protest in Austin. Um, I don't want to get into it. Just you can look into it. I don't, I don't want to talk about that one. That one really makes yeah. me sad. Yeah. Um, however, on a lighter note, when the protests, uh, that the, the police in Austin may have found the secret weapon to counter protesting. Do you want to hear it? Is it Tito's vodka? No, oh. I like where your head's at. Cause you're thinking Austin, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, 
Um, so the protesters were doing the whole gag where they closed down a major freeway or thoroughfare or something. Sure. Um, and the police response was to make a wall of horse-mounted cops and approach them and try to have that disrupt their line. And guess what? When a big horsey comes up to you, people tend to stop doing what they're doing and go, hey, I can't beat the shit out of your car this time. Right. And that's a good boy. Uh, animal cruelty. <laughs> rawr, you know. But like, okay, so I, I heard that story on the No Agenda podcast, and it made me think of this. If they really want to maximize opportunity, they could go down to the Humane Society, get all those dogs and cats, and just make a line of dogs and cats and just unleash them on the protesters. And everybody... I would love it. I will go out and protest tomorrow if it means I get a free kitty cat. Dude, I was going to say, I'm, I'm there. Sign me up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go pet dogs. That sounds great. And, and nobody's graffitiing. No. Nobody's throwing bombs. Nobody's shooting tear gas. You just unleash the animals, and you catch them back up, put them back in the humane society. Hopefully, they escape because if not, they're going to get killed there anyways. Some people, you know, adopt some of them. That'd be great. Also, that yeah, yeah. Worst case scenario, you got extra cats and dogs on your street. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know, petting zoos everywhere. I think we really solved the world's problems I love it. here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what have let, you want to shift into our media diet for the week? Yeah, sure, sure. Right. <laughs> you want me to go first? Yeah. All right. So. <clears throat> I was scrolling through the varying streaming services that I have uh, over the weekend, trying to find something to watch, and nothing was really standing out to me. Uh, and this show, or this movie, popped up on my Amazon recommended list called Guns Akimbo. And it didn't have a very high rating, but it, it kind of interested me, the, 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 the premise of, of, of the movie. Uh, it stars Daniel Radcliffe, uh, aka Harry Potter. Um, he is. I get him confused with Twilight. I know oh, they're completely different, different ages. Dude I, too, I know, yeah. I know, but name wise, what's that, what's that guy's name? Uh, I can't remember. Don't worry I about never it. Watched Twilight. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Anyways, so in the movie, he is a a mobile video game programmer. He hates his his job. Uh, he likes to hang out on the internet after work and kind of like troll people or get into arguments with people on the internet. So. Um, <clears throat> The, what kind of drew me to this movie is kind of the stuff I read about it was that it was really a movie like targeted at gamers. Um, now it kind of used old tropes. Like, did you ever watch like a Death Race or any any movies like that? Yeah, Death Race is pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, he gets drawn into a a PvP match, as a gamer would say. So one on one versus one match with. Um, it's like a fight to the death <laughs> kind of match, and they have yeah. to... Uh, like a death race. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's broadcasted live on the internet. Um, I will say mm. that... But but it's still just PvP. It's all online. No, it's real life. Oh, I misunderstood. No, it's, just, it's, it's, it's PvP in real life. Oh. But there's a lot of like video game stuff that they kind of melt into the... But it's, it's real uh -huh. life. Like a Ready Player One way? No, no, no. Like it's where, you, where you have like a uh, augmented no, reality no, no, or something? No, it's real, real life. Okay. So I will say that probably... Wait, are you giving this a good review or not? I can't tell yet. Good. I like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I kind of like that too. Well, yeah. Well, you actually know my next sentence. So. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I will say that 10 minutes in, I would have turned the movie off were it not for the fact that we do this show. Uh, it, it, was not, it was not good. I will say the only thing that was sort of entertaining about it was, so he gets kidnapped, right? Spoiler, I, I don't recommend this movie, guys. Don't waste your hour and a half on it. But um, he gets kidnapped to begin this sort of uh, fight, I guess, right? So he wakes up in his apartment, and they have 
bolted handguns to his hands. Like, literally, there's a bolt going through this. Palm. Like our Lord and Savior? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But with, like, a Glock or whatever, right? And they have. Yeah, instead of a Croc. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's a Glock on a Croc, but, you know. So. The only uh, thing that's sort of funny about the movie is he has to navigate the world with these guns stuck to his hands. So like he Oh, it's like it's like uh, Edward Forty hands yes, when yes. you have to Oh, <laughs> that's a fun game. Have you ever broke the glass bottle and then had a bunch of glass bottle and bloody hands while you walk around the street on the beach like asking for a ride to get home because you got drunk at a party playing Edward Forty hands? And then walked home without the ability to use your hands. And then, as I said, cut your hands open when you fell down. Then just managed to get home without the police finding you. Uh, Did that ever happen? Personally, that's not happened to me. But that sounds like quite a harrowing story. It's a guy I know. Okay. (laughs) So, yeah, the funny parts was like him trying to open doors, getting cars, (laughs) him going to work with it, like hiding his hands in his hoodie, that kind of stuff. Um, The rest of it's terrible. Uh, It's not a good movie. How long do they do that for? Pretty much 75% of the movie. Oh my god, that's like the 5 minutes of funny <laughs> to make like yeah. the action movie worth it. Wow. Yeah, it's uh it, it's not good. I, yeah, I don't, no? I, what are we what is our number rating scale here again? I don't uh, you can do one to five or one to ten. Okay, one, Just, I, I if like you one say to five. four, you have to say four out of ten. Right. Yeah, let's go to five, but we have to use de- decimals. Okay. Uh, I give it a 0.75. <laughs> wow <laughs> it was terrible dude it was it was the worst movie i've seen in a long time that's bad yeah. yeah okay well i saw a bad movie too but i also saw a good movie all right cool um the bad movie's new the good movie's a few years old so the bad movie i saw was called terminal i think we saw it on hulu i don't know man I, is there anything good on hulu dude i don't even have hulu anymore i, I got rid of it yeah the girlfriend has hulu and oh. the last two bad movies came hulu. from yeah yeah Hulu, yeah. I almost said came from her. <laughs> Hi, Natasha. Um, all right, so the movie's called Terminal. Let me sell you on it. I'm going to sell you on it the way it was sold on me. Um, some somewhat, I think it was sort of fast edits on the trailer. Perhaps it wasn't, but um, I'm going to say the name of the main actress, actress, and you're going to go, oh, sure, I'm in. Um, so it's this weird type of almost like a comic book type story or a graphic novel. novel. Yeah. Um, set in a weird future where everything's uh, very artistically done, where it's uh, where they have the shot of like the scene you're watching, but it's happening almost in like a snow globe type feeling. Almost like an anime um, kind of feel? Yeah, or, or a uh, Sin City. Okay, gotcha. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> And um, and then like exposition coming in and out of it, like explaining the scene sort of, uh, or the narrator providing exposition right. in and out of each scene. Um, and the narrator, I think, or the main character is Margot Robbie. Oh, okay. So I literally said foolishly in front of my girlfriend, I don't even care. She's in it. I'll fucking watch right, it. Right. Immediately, I had the realization that just because Margot Robbie's in it doesn't mean I'll be entertained for the full hour and a half to two hours. And I fell asleep like right away. Like, uh, here's my here's here's my notes. Uh, Terminal. Boo. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Crank meets The Prestige. Now, I like both those I was going to say, I like The Prestige. Crank is just all right for me. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) Crank is an excellent action movie, but um, like, you know, it's like, oh God, what a horrible combination is what I wrote down. And also then done poorly. The line delivery felt like there was no director on set. 
it had the feeling like the director of photography directed the whole thing. Cause that happens a lot of the times so the, the director, I mean, usually the director is not there doing everything. The DP is doing it, mm-hmm. but the director and the editor and other people are fucking involved. Uh, but this just felt like the DP directed the whole fucking thing. Like, like, like there were shots that felt like they had no line direction. Mm-hmm. Like people would say things and you're just like, doesn't anybody care about like how the storyline fits to <laughs> Like, I mean, I heard the words, but you could have said it better or like with meaning. Right, right. Uh, um, which like really sucks because Margot Robbie is a good actress, but like she looked like shit and it made me realize like, God, even when you're pretty, you still have to have a director. <laughs> <laughs> um, the plot made no sense and they cut it for all the best shots, not the best story. So uh, it was like the DP was in charge right. of everything. So don't see Terminal unless you just want to turn the volume off and masturbate to Margot Robbie. There's a few times where you could probably do that. Um, I wouldn't know. Here's a movie that I did like. Um, so this movie, yeah, this is this is kind of an inversion of the last story. So this movie was pretty much panned. Um, I think it was panned. I want to say it was panned because it was too long, but it's like two hours and one minute. I think it's literally two hours and one minute, which I don't, you know, you don't have to go to film, film school to know that the ideal movie is two hours in length, there's 120, excuse me, each script page equals to about a minute. So, you know, a director will look for a 120 minute script. Like if you're just a dummy that's like, I want to make a movie, you go, well, this script's not 120 pages. I can't make it. Right. Like this is a spot on two hour movie. Like what more do you fucking want to start with? <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say it's slow. However, the movie is Ad Astra. Did you see it? No, but I've heard of it. Came out last year, the year before it had... Um, Dreamboat, Brad Pitt as a astronaut or Space Force person. Um, so it's in the, I think it says at the very beginning, the near future. So there's no date, I don't believe. And it starts off on a space antenna. It's either a space antenna or it's like a, a space antenna from a platform in orbit. Like um, a satellite? A disaster. Yeah. Well, you heard the idea of a space antenna, right? Where it's like they just keep building it and then it's almost up in space. Um, Yeah, I think it doesn't. I feel like physics wise, there's arguments for that, but we're not doing it for a reason. So Um, the but in the future, maybe we can. And there's an accident there and he perished. Well, he doesn't die in the opening scene. So he parachutes to Earth and then he starts his quest um, because you find out immediately. That's the introduction to his, his character, kind of. You find out that he's an exceptional soldier. His heart rate's always kept low is a, a, a note of the movie. Um, and his father was an astronaut who was pretty much like the Neil Armstrong of our future. He okay. um, he went on round trip space explore, exploration flights to all of the mid planets. So like um, Saturn, Jupiter, Neptune. And at some point they said he died. And then they said, just kidding. It looks like your dad's alive. We need to recruit you to try to communicate with him. And then, you know, there's more to the story from there. I'm not going to ruin the movie. I actually liked it. Um, I think the reason it was panned was because I think when people go to see sci-fi, a lot of times we see sci-fi and space and we think about Star Wars. We, we expect pew pew um, and shoot them up in space though, you know, like guns stapled to their hands. Um, <laughs> this clearly wasn't one of those. So the it was more along the Blade Runner t- in terms oh, of pacing. Okay. Yeah, which I really liked. Yeah. I feel like that slow pacing emphasizes the vastness of space. 
And I think that displeased a lot of audiences. Um, however, I think it hit all the marks. Like I didn't go to film school, but a long time ago I got told that like at 15 or 20 minutes, you're supposed to have like a compelling event. And then at about the hour and a half mark, you have that like point of no return and then you work towards resolution. It hit all the marks. Like slow movies do that too, too late or movies that have like that are like too fast paced to make you comfortable, they hit that point of no return too early. All those things happen at the wrong pace. Like it's literally, if we talk about the script analogy, it happens on page twelve instead of fifteen, and everyone loses their mind as an audience. <laughs> right. So this didn't do that. I thought it was compelling the whole way through. Um, it, you know, if you've read any reviews about Ad Astra, you know it's like, oh, I thought I was seeing a space movie. It was about some guy dealing with his father. Okay, yeah, it is. But hopefully you can watch a cool space movie, interesting, fascinating, and a movie about the relationship between a son and his father. And oh my God, can you enjoy both of those things? Like, I couldn't understand what not to like about this movie. It has a great resolution, not necessarily what you wanted. Like, it's good. Like, see Ad Astra. Nice. Sounds good. Do we give, yeah, the last one was also a (laughs) 0.75. I'd give this one like a four, five out of five, man. All right. I like movies. I want, I want to like movies. So I will be like higher end on my scale. So to not like Terminal, like I'm a five-year-old or I like, like remember when you're a kid and you see movies like that was the best one ever. Right. (laughs) For me to not like it, There was pictures and sound. Yeah. I I could look at it and stare at it for an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, so I think that's that wraps this episode, man. Um, man, that was a lot. You know, I think we actually might have got this one in at a decent time. Check out nuntakenpod.com. All our socials are there. You can also send us a message. You can tell us, uh, you can give us suggestions for movies to watch. You can tell us we suck. You can tell us you didn't like our take on something. Anything you like, it's all there. Nuntakenpod.com. If you want to tell us we suck, I'd like you to do that. <laughs> Please tell us we suck. But do it with a five-star review on right. iTunes or any <laughs> podcast platform. I would love it if you told me. Say say we suck, Dustin's politics are entirely wrong, and then enumerate them. But give me five stars, okay? If I got you that mad, I deserve five Absolutely. stars. I'm a five-star man. Absolutely. We're five-star boys here. We're, yeah, we're five-star boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry if I said man earlier. We're not that old. Did I offend you? Uh, no offense. None taken. All right. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, Alan. No offense. None taken. All right. God bless. Cheers. <laughs> stop being you. Stop. Oh, wait. No, That stop. was fun. There's <laughs> nothing a little music can't help. Rockin', rockin' and rollin'. Seagulls poking my head, not fun. I said, Seagulls, mm, stop it now. Everyone told me not to stroll on that beach. Said, Seagulls gonna come, poke me in the coconut. And they did, and they did, and me going like. Nothing I could do but yell when these birds attack me. When I tried to run, I fell, and then these kids start laughing. And then, got hit in the neck with a hacky sack. Where'd it come from? I run, run, run. I can be a 
your backpack while you run, 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 jump and stop. Put me down. I love to groove and boogie. Podcasting.